I'm going to tell everybody in school, if you want to see my dad on YouTube, to say on it, the tape never lies. <laughs>
so live I mean, on air. I mean, it's it, the proof is in the pudding, and very clearly, uh, you are you are not a fan and never have been a fan. Yes, absolutely. And, I don't have a Justin Fields fat head over here or a Justin Fields TTNL poster over there. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. Listen, you know what? I hope Justin can be the quarterback of the future, and I'll I'll root for him as long as he is. But I will still be honest with my assessment on him. And if he happens to move on, I'm still going to be a Chicago Bears fan. If Tyson Bajant doesn't work out, I'm still going to be a Chicago Bears fan. Now, if they draft Caleb Williams and they bring back Matt Eberflus, then we'll have a big debate. But Cars, what's up, my man? We're back. It's so weird to be here after a week and then watch the Twitter um, storm of just arguments back and forth about the quarterback position. You would you would really, I mean, we kind of knew this was going to happen. It, the sec he could have thrown for six yards and we would have won the game. And people like I don't know, we win when he's on the field, right? Like right. it's 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 no different, but it is. It is very weird to kind of look back over the last three weeks and minus well, four weeks, minus a lot of that Minnesota game, realize how much on uh, on defense has changed and, and yep. sort of how much on offense has changed, just not consistently. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about the defense and I was texting with Cap yesterday morning about it while he was on air, just, you know, different things and. I understand and I, I see a difference myself, but cars end of the day, they got to go out and prove it against a big time quarterback, a big time quarterback on the road in front of a national audience, because none of what has happened matters if they go out there and get boat raced by Justin Herbert and the Chargers Sunday night. And it's a, that's a team that is truly All struggling yeah. um, in many different ways, you know, Brandon Staley has been just a mm -hmm. terrible head coach uh, overall. And so it's it's a team that I know this is going to be shocking to you, Shane. This is a Los Angeles Chargers team that can't stay healthy. When have we ever said yeah. that before about Never, them ever. whatsoever? Um, but it's just a team that just, you know, just can't put points on the board, cannot consistently get on offense. You know, they have a quarter, Justin Herbert, has been sacked 15 yeah. times already for a team that's made the investments into the offensive line say, that they have. They made big ones. Real yeah. Big ones. Yeah. And so you just kind of keep looking around and you, to your point though, um, you know, you, you, you got to see it happen because it's our luck that something like this and they come in and drop 45 points against us, right. And, and, and eliminate all of those kind of yep. good vibes we've been building towards, but, uh, you know, in the, and in the same respect on offense, you know, they're not a good, the, the chargers are not a good defense. And so are we going to sit down and kind of take away anything good that we did, we do right. against them because of that when the, the Raiders defense hasn't been terrible all season. So we should, we should be giving ourselves more credit on offense this last week, maybe a little less on defense and we'll see, but I feel like, it's still the reverse where we're still all about uh, right. the offense. And just one thing, I mean, we talked about it just real quick pre-show, but 
I think it's important before we dive into some of the stuff that you prepared that guys get over, turn the page on this narrative and this myth that Tyson Bagent has a weak arm or can't make the throws and all of this complete and utter nonsense. If you can get by and dominate a game, not him personally, but the way that the Bears did in a non-aggressive play style, that's exactly what you do. Yeah. Cole Komet talked about it. We didn't have to open up the playbook because we were kicking their ass. And if you don't think that Tyson Bay, that I saw somebody in the chat was like, is he going to have a throw over 15 yards? <laughs> if you're winning, I don't give a shit. If, if you have a throw over 15 yards, he has a plenty enough strong arm. And for whatever reason, people are pigeon pigeonholing this kid into saying that he has, you know, no arm talent and, you know, Eberflus pulling him out before halftime. And again, I know I've talked on this before, but John Wood saying that that just proves that he's, that he's a number two for the rest of his career. It's just complete foolishness. Arm strength can improve over time. And saying that this kid doesn't have some arm talent, you're making a big fatal mistake. And so many of the people that are sitting there and saying like, you know, and we'll talk again about average depth of target and those things were the same ones after the preseason game where we scored three touchdowns on screens talking about how depth of target doesn't matter if we're getting yards after the catch, right? Like in the end, you got to understand that there are, there's a desire for a lot of folks for Justin Fields to be the guy. There's a desire for a lot of folks for Justin Fields to not be the guy. Some of those absolutely are racially motivated in certain instances. But for the most part, if you just look at this and, and look at the game plan and to Shane's point, yeah, we didn't have to. When when we needed, if he didn't have harm, arm strength, he doesn't make that throw to Tyler Scott uh, over the middle. And he doesn't make that throw to DJ Moore on the sideline like he did. And those are those are big time throws. I would I would love to see, yeah, some more 10 to 19 yard pass plays. The 20 yard pass plays are just such a this might be the game rarity. You, you might this might be the game you see it though. Oh yeah. Chargers. I mean, and you're gonna see a yeah. lot of screen game against the yeah. Chargers because the Chargers are the worst defense in the NFL against the screen game. Yep. So but I think when you you just it, and don't worry, we'll get into the debate and talk through some of the numbers and some of the things that we're seeing and 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 all of that. But it doesn't if I say something nice about Tyson, it doesn't mean that it's a negative about Justin. And again, we say this kind of every week. It doesn't have to be black or white. Life is not like that. Nothing. No one is all good. No one is all evil. Everybody is a mix of everything in between. Just look at it. If you look at it objectively, and and that's what we're trying to do here, I think you could see some some differences. And if not, you know, and and if that's the way you want to be, like I'm not I'm not here to argue with you. I, I don't really care, but I'm just showing you kind of the way that I view things, and I know that Shane always shares about the way he views things. And if you're not going to be receptive to it, that's to you. But like, it doesn't. If I say something nice about Tyson, it does not mean that I hate Justin Fields and vice versa. We've, we've just got to get over that. Breaking down what happened in the game and what we have to go on. And that's 
Unfortunately, there's been a line drawn in the sand by Bears fans that if you're pro-Justin, again, they're nitpicking every little thing that Tyson Bagent does that may be negative or positive, and vice versa. It's the, yeah. the other way around, too. If you're pro-Tyson Bagent and done with Justin, listen, guys, the Bears are not done with Justin Fields. He's right starting now. in two weeks. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's, if, yeah. it's, if it's not next week. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. That's the oh, second yeah. week. New Orleans. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's so. starting. But I think and before we go, Francisco Del Angeles, I think this is where a lot of fans are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. We're tired of starting over. We just want to get it right. And we've never really gotten that position right. I would I would love it because of the all the arm talent in the world. He can make every throw that you want out of it. The problem is, is that, and I don't know how you feel about it, and we'll circle back, but I think the problem is, is what Justin does extremely well is not something that Tyson really does extremely well, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like, these aren't, these are two separate individuals that are, have completely varying skill sets, and it makes it really hard because you are not you're not comparing apples to apples in these instances. Both are athletic, but whereas Justin has the arm talent and was was more willing to wait for things to develop and make plays happen down the field, Tyson is more of the uh, thing of if my first read is open, I'm not waiting. I'm going to that first read. If my second one is there, I'm going to go to my second one. And it just kind of feels like it makes this nuanced discussion even more difficult because of how different these two truly are. Yeah, and uh, thank you, uh, yes, thank, you. thank you so very much. much. But and this is another one. This is another one that I saw a lot today over the past week. I, I think it would be pure lunacy by Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears to ship him. Cars. I don't know how you feel. I just I. I, you're, it, you're not it, going to. It makes it just to me, it, it makes very, very little sense because you have no idea where your picks are going to be. Let's just say, you know, for Carr's Key's sake here, uh, the Bears trade Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons for, a, you know, a second and a, a fifth round draft pick. And you start to go through this season. The rest of the season with Tyson Bajan as your number one, and you may you know win a couple more games. Carolina sneaks out a couple more games, and then you find yourself in the draft. You're drafting number four and, yeah. and number six. That then what? You're out of you're out of Caleb Williams. You're out of Drake May, and then are you looking at JJ McCarthy? Is that your? I just think it. It makes very, very little sense. You have him under cost control right now, still wildly talented, has some warts, but to me, you you keep him on this roster 100% until you know exactly the direction. And we're going to know. You can't, we, you can't trade him. You, you yeah, just can't. It's, it, 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 I mean, cars, that would be the risk of all risks. I said, I mean, oh, it would be craziness. It would be terrible. And I have to do this. Sorry, Maisie. Hello. Go to bed. Stop giving your mother a hard time. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sometimes you got a parent even through YouTube. That's right. Um, 
No. And I think, you know, the question is not a first, like I keep, you see this quite a bit of, you know, a second, not a first there's, it's all potential based on Justin. Justin is still, he is in the complete kind of uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder situation. You either see what you see and you love it, or you see what you do and you don't. And it's, <clears throat> that's, you're not getting a surefire thing for a first rounder for Justin Fields at this point in time, unless yeah, you're proven. They're not. They're, listen, may, this is the, you know, the, the art of the game. Maybe Seattle gets involved. Maybe Atlanta gets involved. Arizona gets involved. Who, who knows who gets involved and there's a bidding war. Maybe a team is just like, Hey, screw it. We'll, we'll throw them a one. We know we got our guy, but. I would say at this point right now, I would, I, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't, I just, I cannot move off of him during this trade deadline. And I would, I would think, I know Rick Spielman talked about it. He thinks you'd get a second plus for oh, him I, yeah, in, in and, trade compensation. Yeah. And you, you would have more of a chance to extract more from a team in the off season for the simple fact is then everybody knows where, what direction they're headed in. They're going to know where their draft picks are slotted. All of that right now, it's just a, I think it would be a wildly risky move for Ryan Poles. And if I was in ownership or if I was Kevin Warren, I would be nixing that deal. If Ryan Poles came to me and said, Hey, I want to, I want to ship this kid out of here. I just it, it I don't see the upside in it at all unless a team is just going to blow your doors in with a you know the godfather offer that you can't refuse and that's simply not happening. Yeah, and I think, you know, again, it's one of those gray areas. There are things that Luke Getzey has done that haven't helped him and there are things that he has done that hasn't helped himself. And again, we're going to We'll talk a lot deeper about that here shortly because it, it's, it's, don't worry. I'm going to talk about defense, but 90% of this is going to be offense uh, because it's, it's really the hot button thing, but it's, it's, it's not so clear cut that Getsy is the issue. I can look on film against uh, Minnesota and see that he missed guys, right? He was not getting to first reads fast enough. And I will hit Getsy this week on some of his use of play calling and play action. Both of these things live in a world where they're both causing the issues. And you can, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit down and say one is causing the other, but I, you know, it, it's an issue all the way around. And at this point, my biggest complaint with Justin is that he has not developed into a faster progression, faster kind of guy. And that is on both he and the team. And it's, and it, it just shows. And, and Jake, Jake's right. That first play, DJ Moore was wide open, yep. wide open, was supposed to be the first read. But the fact that, that that was missed, that's not on Luke. So there are, again, there are times where Luke dials it up and it's missed. There are times where it's a poor play design and and Fields fixes it because of an escapability thing. It's it's just a mess all over the board. Um and we'll 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 get to it. But um 
it's I could tell it's going to be one of those nights uh, tonight already. It's been one of those weeks. Oh, it's been insane. So shall we get started? Let's get into it. Let's go. So I did want to say at this point, I want to start off with defense because we all killed them for how bad they looked through the first four weeks. And we saw it in, in scoring. Uh, We saw it in the run game. We saw it in a lot of different other pieces here, but let's, let's just talk about the defense. And I think one of the things that we don't really focus on enough is just how good TJ Edwards has been for us as a team. But when you look at, again, I think uh, if you go back and watch the first show, one of the things we said, Shane, is if you if this team gets to like middle of the pack and yeah. run defense, that's three to four wins. Well, right now, the Bears are fifth in run defense. Now, that may not seem like much, but 82 yards is is 35 less than or 33 less than they were giving up the first four weeks of the season. So yeah, they were giving up a shitload of yardage all over. But look at what they have done in the next three games. The numbers up there are massive, but like 38 yards per game rushing the ball for opposing teams, which is first. Under two and a half yards a carry, first. Only five rushing first downs in three weeks. There have been zero runs over 15 yards. So a stuff percentage is a run that doesn't get up uh, a first down, does not get a f- more than four yards on first down, and does not get over three yards on subsequent downs. Bears are first in that. Their teams are getting half a yard before contact, and they're getting only two yards after contact, both top 10 uh, numbers. And because of that, they are the third least amount of rushing attempts faced over those those weeks. That's massive. And I know, Shane, we kind of talked about it ahead, but one of the biggest differences outside of the, the deployment of, of TJ Edwards has really been the use of, of both Billings and yeah. uh, Dexter Jr. together on the field in rundowns. That's That is a nightmare solution for a lot of opposing offensive lines. Uh, to face no I totally agree and and I think it's easy to, like I know Phil talks about it a lot he's never been a Dexter fan and it's important and I think Phil obviously realizes this also but this kid is so young in his development he's literally played organized football I think this is season five and so this is including high school and college and now you're in now you're in the NFL. And th- again, is he coming into the NFL as a finished project? No. God, no. He's coming in as a big ball of clay with attributes that you cannot teach just with his size alone. Get off needs to be worked on. It needs to be way more consistent. It needs to be way more consistent in yeah. the third and fourth quarters. But part of the process of when you're molding this piece of clay is an NFL offseason in an NFL weight program is going to be massive for a guy um, you, like you, you can't put a Dexter. price on that. Yeah, yeah. Can't. And there is plays out there where it's just sheer raw talent is 
winning the day for him and letting him make make plays. And I think as we get going along here, cars, I th- I just think you're going to see more and more plays made by Dexter because slowly I think that that confidence is starting to build. He was getting less reps and actually still making, I don't want to say making big impact plays, but he was being extremely effective at what he's been asked to do. Now, is he the prototype three tech? Absolutely not. And on draft day, when they drafted him, I I said myself, oh, Bears Bears got got their nose. Yeah, they got their nose right there. But hey, who knows? Go out and get go out and get Jeffrey Simmons. Put I mean, him it, in there in that it's, rotation. It's something and it and but those numbers do tie into that last yeah. portion here. When you look at like where we're getting in sacks and pressure, he's absorbing double teams. He's actually getting to the quarterback at a good rate. He's rush he's getting hurries. And and yeah, when we look at the air numbers, sure, we we're fifth worst in the yards given up, but look at kind of what it is. They're third best in yards per attempt. You know, where where we've gotten uh over the last three weeks, four interceptions. We're seven, we have the seventh most sacks in the NFL the last three weeks. Let let that set in for yeah. a second. They're the 12th best t- time in, in time to pressure. So from snap to go, 2.4 seconds. And and last but not least, when a lot of these throws, part of the reason they're so low, they're the best at getting down to checkdowns to get a quarterback through those progressions and all of a sudden realizing nobody else is open and I've got to go to my outlet, which is a, a tight end, a running back, or a fullback. This is what happens when your defensive backfield that you've invested all these draft picks in is really starting to perform. But it's also what's happening with Dexter, Pickens, you know, you're seeing more out of Dominique Robinson a little bit. You're seeing more out of Ngakwe. You're seeing more. Uh, Justin Jones has been all well, over the place. Well, he he finally rejoined the NFL because I mean yeah. he was he was a goddamn ghost. Oh yeah, for weeks. Yes, I think I tweeted that out when he finally made a play two weeks ago. I'm like, hey, welcome back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, thanks for thanks for joining back up. I mean, it's. He's a solid piece. He he should never be a starter. Yep. Justin Jones. He's a solid rotational piece, a guy every team needs. And last year, who was your best defensive lineman, Cars? Justin Jones. Yeah, exactly. And it was and not should, even close. And he should be a rotational piece. Yeah. On a good team. Yeah. And I think we see that. I think part of the reason we've seen him improve and kind of do that is because He's not out on the field as right. much as he has used to. So I think some of these early season growing pains are very similar to the way they were last year when you talked about with Kyler Gordon and how it took a few weeks for those things to settle down and to get in. But if you look at this at this defense right now, Flus has them aggressive. He has them attacking. They are not waiting, you know, to sit down and see what they've done in the run game and how one dimensional they've really forced teams to be. If you, if you look at that number, right? Yeah. They're giving up, you know, 250 yards a game uh, in the air, but as a defense, that means they're giving up 280 yards of total offense up. That's incredible numbers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And again, just uh, not to, I'm not trying to dismiss any of the numbers, but we, we have to do this against a legitimate quarterback. And that's a hundred percent a factor in this again. And I, I repeated this when I was on CHGO after dark on keeping it 100 and I'll repeat it here again tonight. The five teams that Eberflus has won against as a head coach, the quarterbacks of those teams have been in order. Trey Lance, Davis Mills, Mac Jones slash Bailey Zappi for the few reps that he got, Sam Howell, and then Brian Hoyer. So this Sunday night in SoFi versus the Chargers, you go out there and you continue this trend with these numbers that cars just put up for you. Chargers have their warts. Justin Herbert is a big time quarterback that can sling it all over the field. You go out there and you continue this trend. Then I think everything gets solidified a little bit more in concrete where you're like, wow, this, this is definitely trending to where we need and want it to go. And it's again, you're, you're catching a a team in the chargers who the last three weeks, I think have scored 24, 17 and 17. They've only had about 200 yards, give or take of passing the last couple of weeks and including they only pass for 150 yards against the Las Vegas Raiders. And you're talking about a team that's got Herbert Allen, Mike Williams, you know, Quinton Johnson. There's a lot of weapons there and they've been unable to make it work. So this is a team that if you take away the run and to, 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 I always want to call them San Diego to the chargers credit. They try to run the ball all the time. You know, Eckler and and Josh Kelly is a, is a formidable duo, but if you make this team one dimensional, like you've done everywhere else, it does open the rest up and it allows you to be more aggressive. So if you stop that run, you're going to see it. And if you don't stop that run, I think that's a bit of a concern that it's going to open everything up uh, for a nightmare situation. Totally agree. So All right, let's get next. Let's let's start uh, the debates here, and let's go for uh, let's start talking about the offense, and uh, let's just make everybody hate us, shall we? <laughs> so, wanted to to start off with the last two weeks, where we just kind of look at some of the numbers for Bajan. and so you you know some of the things that you you look down and and you see here. Uh, a lot has been made about that average depth of target. But the things that I take the most out of this one is so first read percentage from last week or two weeks ago to last week, we see about a 20% dip, uh, which means he wasn't there. There was a little bit more time, even though Bajan still tends to escape the pocket a little bit early. Um, you're seeing uh the other number that really stands out is the highly accurate throws you know i've kind of said he reminds me a lot of kind of that uh josh mccown when he came in where he doesn't have the biggest arm but he knows he what the balls that he can throw are accurate it's better than folks think um and you look at that percentage it's extremely good uh when you look at that point look at part of the reason the screen game was working for one of Justin's biggest flaws is 
his screen game tosses are not very accurate. They no, are no. It, they're it's not been an issue forever. Forever. Yep. Look at Bajans, they're significantly better. Um, and, and if you look at kind of that time to throw, some of that was uh, two weeks ago was um uh two weeks ago that was 2.15 against the blitzing minnesota team and yes i forgot to change vikings on week seven over to uh the raiders my bad (laughs) um but uh it went up to 2.66 so he got more comfortable and what we saw is a lot more time you know more throws behind the line of scrimmage but look at that in that zero to nine you're talking 10 for 10 yeah, that's that's not the biggest throws in the world, but that's where he needs to be. And that's where most of that work was truly done. I want to see more out of that 10 to 19. I know that that is um, significantly um, less than I think we would like to see. But when you look at those numbers, you just see a guy who, because he got all the snaps, because they were able to build a game plan a little bit more suited to him, uh, we saw vast improvement in a lot of these things and in, in how he progressed through reads and, and how quickly the ball went out on how quickly he got through progressions. So if you want to take anything positive away from that, it's that there was significant improvement from, you know, one week to another. And now we'll see uh, into week, you know, the third week, basically. Absolutely. And a lot of, listen, you know, we talked about this cars, you know, privately in text and i know i've talked about it on air now nfl teams have an entire game on tape of beijing you heard mark sanchez talk about it on air you know when he bails where is he going he's always bailing right that's not everybody's gonna know that they're gonna pick up tendencies now it's going to be, you have to have faith in Getze. You have to have faith in Chris Morgan, faith in Matt Eberflus, faith in Tyson Bajant, that they can make the adjustments. The benefit of Tyson that he's going to have moving forward is that he's not a see it and rip it guy. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. He's going to he, trust the offense and what's there. Exactly. Just like you said, Cars, you said it perfectly. If, if read one is open, the ball's gone. It's yeah. there. And that, when you're facing Bosa, when you're facing Mac, when you're facing Thule, you know, all of these guys that can get after the quarterback from the Chargers, getting that ball out and into DJ Moore's hands, into Cole Komet's hands, into Darnell Mooney's hands, Scott, these guys dumping it off to your running backs. It can, di- it can dictate and change the entire game. It can ruin game plans defensively for teams with a quick release. How many times have we seen it over the years, cars, when we invested heavily in nothing but defense? Oh, Green Bay's without four starters on their offensive line this week. And then the Bears didn't touch a quarterback or they had one quarterback pressure because it's snap, boom, snap, boom, the, ball's the gone. Cardinals game in our yeah. Super Bowl season, mm-hmm. right? That's what Matt Leinart did over yeah. and over again. You're absolutely right. We see it all the time. And and I do have to say, there is a little bit of overrating of the Chargers uh, pass rush. You know, every, well, it, there's a, listen, and you know why that is. I Listen, I love Khalil Mack. I get it. 
Bose is a good player, but big names sell and move the meter for people. Everybody fell in love and was pissed off and was going back and throwing Ryan Poles under the bus for he didn't trade Khalil Mack because of Khalil Mack's talent. He traded to get the contract off of the books so they could clear the decks financially. Everybody was pissed off for that after that six sack performance. He's got seven sacks on the season. He had six against an Aiden O'Connell led Raiders team. Well, and that never chipped or doubled him. And that's the thing is they have 22 sacks on the season, which is a great number. Seven of them came in that game. And Khalil Mack, again, for all as good of a guy as he is, and you still, you know, you're a better team when he's out on the field. But when he had, what, eight sacks last year? Yeah. And I feel like six of them came within the first eight weeks, and he got two the remainder of the season. And, uh, you know, he had one against Dallas, but he hasn't been around the quarterback a whole lot. He's had two, uh, one sack and two quarterback hits since that game. You know, it's, it's not, it's not the same guy. It's not the same consistency. So I think you look at, you just kind of go, he's wonderful. You know, he's still a guy that's a warrior. He's going to play. He's not the pass rusher that he used to be, especially if you, you take the, the time to, to block him correctly. Your son actually oh, makes God. a good point. I hate God. That game is so frustrating, but that is an excellent one to go back to. That's that's how you. That's that's what teams do. If we can't match up to you one to one, we're gonna go quick game, and and that's that's how we're gonna roll it. Is that the Dustin Reagan Reagan Padilla, formerly of the Brawl Network? Is that the same one? I believe so. Yes, awesome. he, he's a foot brawl, right? Yeah. So, uh, absolutely. All right, so let's start the fight in the chat, shall we? Um, here and, we and here it here we go. So let's address the elephant in the room. Um, this will be fun. So for those of you who aren't don't follow Robert Schmitz, who uh, does do some interesting things, he basically went through and validated a whole lot of the dropbacks. And so what you what he noticed is that Justin Fields, his tempo. Uh, as far as dropbacks, is significantly slower than league average. And you're talking about half a second. So when you look through all these other things, you know, and it's a smaller, smaller term for Tyson, there's some things I want to call out here because there are there should be a couple of different numbers that truly stand out. One is you look at that pressured percentage. So Justin Fields is pressured on 43% of his passes. When you actually take out the Minnesota game, it's still 40%. Move to the other side, it is 30%. When you take away Minnesota, it is 11% of the time. The reason I want to call that out is in the instance that your drop back is slower, that gives teams a lot more time to get there. And if there is quick edge pressure, you're bailing because you haven't finished your drop. Half second is night and day in the NFL. I mean, that is, you're talking about the average guy. It's roughly about one and a half seconds to get there. So if the average quarterback throws and just says, you know, is the average quarterback is a two and a half second uh, time to throw, which is Tyson's number. 
that means that gives you a full second back there, feet set to read the field, scan the things, and and make the throw. Compare it to Justin. If Justin is now on average two seconds to drop back, that means he's got eight-tenths of a second to make a read and make a throw. So when you look at these kind of that first overall number, what it starts to point a little bit is that part of the reason the offensive line looks bad in certain plays is because there is pressure early because of the pace of that drop back. So he in turn is actually creating some of the pressures that are forcing him to go ahead and, and, you know, escape and make a play. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows underneath that in the fact of what that time to pressure is. It's a full tenth of a second longer for Tyson than it is for Justin. So that flip, Justin takes 2.8 seconds to throw, but two tenths of a second before he throws, there's pressure. Whereas Tyson has two tenths of a second after he throws until there is pressure. So that speed, that rhythm, all of that information that he's doing at this is helping the teams. If you guys remember, uh, and I'll pop this off for one quick second. If you guys watched uh, JT O'Sullivan after the Washington game, there was a couple times where JT would say in a video, I don't know why they did play action here because he's turning his back to the line and it's actually delaying his throw. There is not that delay when it comes to Tyson Tyson's, right mechanics of footwork and play action are impeccable so real quick cars this goes in tools says yes this is why they put but again it goes beyond that and it this is where it becomes a coaching issue and where details matter this is year two that they've been with justin and he's lackadaisical in his drop back why is it not a point of emphasis in the classroom in training camp all in OTAs all off season this is why this coaching staff and listen Tyson Bajan is quicker in his drop back well if Justin Fields is not great at that and if he's lackadaisical at it it needs to be addressed. And, and if you're if you continue to do it, then guess what? Helmet off and sit right the fuck over there. It's that cars, it's it's literally that simple. But they spent and we heard the offseason that they worked on his drop back. That was one of the things that they worked on was cleaning his footwork up and making that drop back faster. And now as we get into game time, that that isn't happening right now. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, like Derek, I understand this point and I, I, I totally get what you mean and you're right. We can, we can absolutely, this is not necessarily in Nobody's praise. crowned him, Derek. That's yeah. the point. We're, but we're pointing the, out positives in the, in the limited set that we have, but it's a little thing like not being lackadaisical in your drop back that can really change the outcome of an entire offensive game plan. But on top of that, 
Justin's accumulated a whole lot of games and it's not getting there. And so there, there are, there is this give and take. This is when I sit down and say, Justin has not improved as the player that we want because of little things about this, his, his throwing arm and throwing motion has been slightly improved. That has happened, but his, his footwork on dropbacks, his speed on dropbacks, the way, look at the play that they, they've never run this play with Justin Fields. And I, I'm sorry that I don't have, um, uh, it wouldn't, uh, they, I don't grab the video, but the play where he did a play action fake and sold it that he actually turned his back to everybody and then curled around the outside to make a throw. They trusted him to do that as a play. We haven't seen that out of Justin. There, there, there has to be something in there for that. And I think we, we've just got to be aware that these things happen. This and actually an important one too, guys. I don't know if you want to address it. Uh, I don't know because my wife may leave me as well someday because of the same reason. So let me know, um, you know, let me know who you've got as a divorce attorney. I may need to borrow them later on at, at point. <laughs> Um, but just to go back to kind of, you know, some of this, what you also notice here is the other number that really stands out is the check down percentage. So look at that as to where Justin is. So what the, the way I've tried to explain this, and it's a little bit of a, of a world word salad is the way that I'm starting to view things or see things is Justin's slow drop back leads to an increase in the pressure rating. And he's hitting his first read at a, at a uh, lower clip than Tyson. But part of that is because the first guy, his route may be covered by the time that Justin finally gets to the top of his drop. So in some of these instances, it is causing him to miss first reads because either pressure is there, perceived pressure is there, or you know the guy that is open right away that's the first read, Justin is not ready to deliver the ball. We've kind of seen this where there's, a, there's still this pause of see a guy open before I throw it open, as opposed to, to Bajent, who's more like, this guy should be open, I'm going to throw it and, and believe in that. And where that really starts to show in, that checkdown percentage out of a quarterback is an insanely high number. And Cars, you want to know what else is a factor here, and this is something that we broke down in the draft, talked about, and didn't want to change because it's what got him here. But you can go back. It's something that Carson Wentz did. Is what What is an absolute factor in this? Is this. Yeah. His release, we've talked about it ad nauseum here. But if you like, I you go ahead with this. I'll, I'll get a picture to show you exactly what mm -hmm. I'm talking about to put up there. But it's this that when you're talking tenths of seconds or mm -hmm. even hundredths of seconds that are making a difference, this is also a factor. That's who he is. And we've had quarterback experts, quarterback coaches on the air live with us that said, No, I wouldn't. I don't love it, but you can't it's touch not it something that I that I yeah. 
it got you to the league and it becomes a mental thing, but it's one of those things that it just amplifies when you're talking about the lackadaisical drop back, then this on top of it before you, before you throw all of that matters. All of those tenths of seconds, hundreds of seconds, all of them add up. And I, I, I just think if, if the drop back was faster, Oh, clean up a ton. It cleans up so much more of this. And I think that that's, that's really what you have to look through and see. And, you know, these are not, these are not just my numbers. These are from a lot of different places where we look at, um, you, you just look at a lot of different things across and you just, it, it starts to pass this eye test, right? Where it's, um, it's, what we've seen and and what we've what we've done i think it just makes a whole lot of sense that like these things add up to what the tape has shown this is shows kind of what what we've seen and i don't necessarily think it's progressing through reads you know like i don't think um i i think carrie franklin does have a, a good point doesn't it say that it won't cut it as a as a as a as a qb if he doesn't improve that drop back i think it's going to limit his ceiling the most and from the guy that i still think he can be you know you, again you look at the the washington game and the denver game justin's time to throw was over three seconds on those games so there was time to let these things happen he wasn't immediately pressured so he can make some of these throws happen. There it is. That's what we're talking about. And then what is another, and I, I listen, this sounds like we're piling on the kid and we're really not. We're just pointing out of what these numbers are showing. What has been another issue with Justin is ball security and fumbling. Yeah. You look in a congested pocket where that could be easily swiped that's what it is that's one of the warts that you're gonna have to live with is the is the release but it's amplifying the problem like what cars is saying the issue with the internal clock the the just a tick slow on the processing it all matters i don't know if if any of you ever ran track or anything but some of the fastest guys could not win a race because they were the slowest out of the block, right? That the way you start and the speed that you start saves you a tenth to two tenths of a second, depending on the race. And that's enough to cost you that. So if you, if you're talking about that in kind of those terms where a half second, think of everything else that Justin can do with a half second worth of time. And yes, there are some plays where he's faster, but it does feel like he is very slow and methodical in his pace. It then looks like that a lot of the pressure that is happening is because of him, is generate self-generated because of that. Well, Cars, when you're talking the quick game and when you're just getting it out quick into the flat, you can see methodical is the perfect way to do it. He looks like he's actually overthinking Yes. And trying to make do everything. Yes. On script, on time and attack rather than just 
breaking through, breaking the shackles off, snap, boom. That's what you're seeing with Tyson. It's boom. It's that quick. With Justin, there's a turn, this, this, then trying to be a delivery. And that's we've seen him dirt balls in the flat. I the screen game again, like you see a lot of a lot was made out of that first touchdown throw in the preseason to DJ Moore and how inaccurate of a pass it was. I it, like you see that it it happens. He was he was uh someone said out there and and I think it was yeah, zero. So uh no, not sorry. Yeah, he's that that's been his drop back mm-hmm. since Ohio State. It always has been. And so I think that is it's unfortunately who he is as a guy. And I don't know, much like a throwing motion, I don't know what it does if you try to speed up a guy's drop back. How bad does that make the rest of the footwork? How bad does it make body control? You know, like, what does that do? But what I will, again, if 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 you give a quarterback half a second more, that's that's... Night and day. That's the difference between Justin at three seconds and why Justin can look so good when he has three seconds to throw and why it looks more troublesome when he has two and a half seconds to throw. I think the the two, again, the, one of the biggest numbers that stands out to me, this is a similar line, right? This is Tevin Jenkins wasn't there, but Nate Davis, when he was there, was playing extremely well. That the fact that the line is holding up a tenth of a second longer for a guy who is getting into his drops quicker right. and selling on a play action, the line can help a quarterback, a quarterback can help a line. And I think what we're seeing in a lot of different ways is that that's not that's just not working. And so he may they may be working on time because he can work on dropbacks, even though he can't throw the ball right now, and they could work on that footwork. But if that sort of thing continues, I, I, you start to have to worry about what that means again, longevity wise for his career as a starter. Listen, and cars, let's be honest. This isn't something in Hallis Hall. We're not breaking news here. You know what I mean? Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, Luke Getze, these guys understand where the fatal flaws are. And no, right now, if it's something that they want to move forward with, they're never going to come out and say anything publicly about it. But cars again, and I don't think this is breaking news either. Decisions <laughs> all but made at this point. I... If they're drafting number one, and I'm I'm not on I'm not on the same page with people with Drake May. I think that there's a lot of issues. He terrifies me so yeah, much. He, so I'm just, I don't know. We'll see. And I'm, I'm pulling for Justin. Maybe the, the time off opens things up for him. We'll, we'll see. He's not done here in Chicago. He's going to be playing again, and I'm going to be rooting for him to unlock it. I just, right, wrong, or indifferent. He's going to have to blow up in a monstrous 
big, big, big way over these next 10 weeks. It's or, and the likelihood yeah. of that is just not very big, especially when you consider the fact that like, you know, I think Justin is hurting himself a little bit. His first game back coming against a New Orleans team. That's a very good defense. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be coming against two not, you know, like, or at least the Chargers instance, not as great of a defense. It's well, and the bear <laughs> Justin wants to come back. If Tyson Bajan goes out and plays well, he's, I think, I think, I think Eberflus says we'll we'll give it another week, and then if they brought him back, it would be against Carolina at home on that's a Thursday night game. But hey, you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see. And you know, it again. I think as early as it is that they make that decision, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go with Bajan, depending on where they draft and all of those different things, but. At some point, they're going to make that decision and what's right. best for the organization. And um, I, listen, Hendricks, I can't blame anyone that wants to let go of him, and I can't blame anybody that wants to fight. I've never I, has anybody heard me say that the Bears have to keep Justin Fields, and I've told everybody openly. Guess what, guys? If the Bears have the number one pick, and I know everybody wants to put Caleb Williams in a different tier because of the Notre Dame game and because of I will bet anybody here who's going to go number one in the draft no matter what it's Caleb it's it's going to be Caleb Williams and if Chicago's drafting number one they're going to draft Caleb Williams if Arizona's drafting number one they're going to draft Caleb Williams Uh, they won't because uh, Caleb Williams refuses to play for them, but yeah. yes, you're not you're not incorrect. But you yeah, you get yeah. my you get my point. I know but I had no, to make a smart ass remark. Again, I'm I'm a Chicago Bears fan first and foremost. Think that Justin is wildly talented and been very open about his issues, his warts. But at some point, you have a clock. There's a time when Tony Soprano and everybody comes knocking at the door where it's time for money to be involved and time for money to be paid up. It's the Kenny Rogers thing. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of the way and Shane, you always say this. I think it's the the best point to always make. You want to do it a year early as opposed to a year late. And I think that's, and he, listen, he's going to go. If the bears move off of him and go into a different direction, he's going to go to another team and he's going to have monster games. He's going to put up, Oh yeah. Big numbers and everybody's going to come back to Chicago and say the same thing, but at the same time, and I'm not I think he's a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. I that's just me, but everybody said the same exact thing about oh, you wait till Shanahan gets his hands on him. Wait till he gets Going to Pittsburgh. To, wait, wait till wait oh, he's going to a great organization in Pittsburgh. Oh, they draft Kenny Pick. Wait till Belichick gets him. Belichick didn't even sign him shanahan didn't sign him so we'll see what agree we'll see what happens i think at some point i think justin fields ends up in atlanta if they end up moving him or yeah ritter ritter is not the answer and i know they everyone wants to talk about last week but god that guy has made i i don't know what they're doing and i think they oftentimes regret that move but yeah. i digress All right. We'll see. 
Let's let's move on to to other things. So, uh, taking your feedback of no more Getsy pictures, uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit here about the offense and and uh, a little bit. So, I wanted to to kind of break this out because I think we, uh, especially, I was hammering on about the lack of balance, and I think one of the things that you still see here is we're a very you know if if we're in the 11 we're pass heavy if we're in the 12 we're run heavy you're seeing what you are seeing though and i hope you're kind of getting out of this is we went heavy a lot more last week right there were more snaps overall there were more pass attempts this is again something that we did very well um for uh for Tyson Bajan. I I wish that we would consistently do this more week in, week out. We saw plays where it was Komet, Lewis, and Tanyan all on the field together. And I think we saw, you know, the play action things. This was a little different here. You know, when you look at that four per four passes and you go, that's 25%. We only ran one play action in the first half against the Vikings. Um, it's, it was asinine and I don't think we would have run more play action last that week had we not had to go to Tyson Bajan. So I think we saw some of these things happen, but I, I, my biggest concern continues to, to remain that we are basically a two to one pass to run ratio out of the 12. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense here. So my concern with always with Getsy. He was great for a week, half one half in Denver. He sucked the second half. He was pretty. He was great for a half in Washington. He was less great in uh, in the second half against Washington. He was brutal all of Minnesota, and he was better against Oakland. So if I look at this correctly, in seven games, I would say that he has had four halves that have been well called, uh, as opposed to the other ten that have not. So it's still a concern, you know, as excited as I want to sit down and get. Uh, I got really excited after Washington and it went right back into the shit. And, and, car, and cars again. Would We're almost expecting it to be the wrong game plan versus the Chargers. Yeah. Because this I, has been the norm for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a mess overall. And when you look at it to um, the way that this, this breaks down, and this is a lot. So I just want you to look at kind of these numbers and understand we're a 1.4. So we're, we're close to even as it comes to run pass and the 11, but God, look at, look at the others. If we go heavy, we're, we're running the ball. We're not a threat at all. And and we've got talent at the tight end position. We, you know, like look at the way they use Mercedes Lewis. Robert Tanyan is one of the least used talented pieces that we have on this roster. And I don't understand it. Cole Komet has been asked to do a lot more blocking than he has asked to be doing receiving. What are, why are we not trying to, to make this as a, as a, as an overall touch, but when you get down to the bottom number and I'm going to break down play action a little bit more, we're 21st overall in, right. in play, play action attempts. But when you look at 
why why it's I'm such a stickler for this. We have the sixth highest completion percentage. We have a great our our quarterback rating is better. Our depth of target is better. All of these things are better. If you go back to that other conversation, though, is Justin Fields's ability to drop back and do those fakes and turn his back to the line, is that impacting their desire overall to run play action with him, even though his numbers show that he is better? So, again, if you look at this, the the breakouts look great, right? We started off so 11 heavy and now we're we're really way more balanced overall. You're seeing a lot more 12, a lot more 21 personnel. But we're not we're not passing the ball enough and for a team that is um the fifth best rush offense in yards per game in the That's NFL. not why Tanyan's here. Yeah. Tanyan's not here to block. Yeah, that's that's not his that's not his role. That's why you have the other two guys here. Just real quick, Carter. I just want to. I'm assuming Frank, you must be watching the show late, or maybe you're not live, because the elephant in the we're not. I, we just talked about this. It's literally exactly the opposite of what I mean. The way that you're phrasing it here is saying that we're praising Justin Fields as the be all end all. And I'm not sure. I'm just assuming you you're starting and just assuming what we're talking about. I, cause it, it's but not we, an elephant in the room when we've been we, showing you the issues. We, we just talked about it for 15 minutes. It feels like, so no, it's not an elephant in the room. We've, we've, we've talked about it quite a bit here. And I, but I think I, it's, but it just shows you, the defense of this player and 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 how everybody gets caught up it's always like my my favorite score callers are the ones that always come call in and say why is nobody talking about guess what everybody's talking about it it is being discussed it is it it, it is the play it is everything that's that's going on it's being discussed and people just don't necessarily like all the uh, all the conversation and I think, you know, the last the last portion I just wanted to get to when it gets to overall numbers is 27 of the 45 play action plays have come in three games. And when you factor in Denver that all but one of those came in the first half, you're really talking about 26 of the 45 have come in six uh uh four half or five halves of a season five halves out of uh, a total of 14 have had play action when you look at what we're, where we are in the losses we're a 16 percent uh play action number that's abysmal that that is inexcusable that is that is just ridiculous now when you look at again where where these plays come so much of them are in the first half and look at the numbers look at the yards per attempt look at where the depth is for a team that is fifth overall in rushing you should play action more and the fact that we're play actioning so often out of uh out of the 12 is great 
because you know of all of our pass attempts that we have out of the 12 and if you look again in this uh we have uh 20 pass attempts in the 12 16 of those have been play action right you're talking 80 percent of your dropbacks in the 12 are play action this is why you should be in the 12 more often this is why you should go look that way i love that tyler scott is making plays and making things happen but you right now as a team are better in that formation you're better as a running team and as a passing team if you focus on it and and you're just not doing it you you've got to go heavy you've got to go play action again i i said this two weeks ago kevin o'connell comes from the rams that were not a heavy play action team and he went to to minnesota and he looked at what kirk cousins does really well and he says, you know what? We're going to incorporate this play action. Right. And guess what they do without much of a running game right now? They run the shit out of play action. And so we look at kind of, when I say the team's ahead of you, it's really weird to sit down and say the Bears are, I believe, 12th or, or so in, uh, in scoring per game. Right? So 12th overall in scoring per game in the NFL and the teams that I list ahead, these are the top five offenses in the NFL, and it relates to their play-action percentage. So what do you see? There's a reason that why in these wins at 29% that we're winning, because we are playing like that offensive system. Miami, Cleveland, Baltimore, Philly, all of these teams are running play-action at this clip and we get away from it all the time. Frank just caught up, by the way. Good, good. <laughs> um, and, and so the, these are the things that kill me. You know, like, you start to look at the numbers of, of first half versus second half. We get a lead, we stop running play action. We get a lead, we stop doing everything that got us here. And we don't run it enough. And why is that? I Some of it is talent. Some of it is bad play calling, but I think a lot more of it starts to look like, and again, I'm really interested to see what those numbers look like against LA, because if we see again, Bajit run 25, 30% right. play action, I think that starts to shine a light that where the coaching staff sees a bit of the issue in being. And how many times have we talked about we just want to see consistency week in week from out. Justin and it's but it's beyond the players cars and we're talking about that we're we're talking about from Eberflus we're talking about from Getzy oh. we're talking about from all of these guys it, it includes them and listen unfortunately when it comes to a head coach it goes it goes beyond the football field it's how you're handling situations you're not getting pantsed publicly about the Chase Claypool situation and openly lying about it and having have your PR team come out and pull you out of the quicksand. All of that stuff matters. And I understand he's never been a head coach, but Matt Eberflus has been in the NFL for a very, long very time. long time. This isn't a 34-year-old first-time you know, head coach uh, yeah. that's kind of new in the league. And there's going to be growing pains, but I just, my confidence level that these are going to be the guys 
that get the Bears where we all want them to go. It's just not there, man. And if you're making a if you're making a quarterback change, I don't want these guys anywhere near it. I I just don't. It's 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 a problem, you know. Like it's again, we can't sit down. Justin Fields is not the only issue. It's not all on Justin. It's not all on Luke Getzey. And the, the, where these nuanced discussions really struggle is in the fact that you can't sit down and simply point your finger at one thing and say that 100% is it. Yeah. Now, to the, to the staff's fault is why are you not fixing it? Like, why aren't we being these things consistently? It's an issue. Yeah. But we are it's so hard to sit down and point specifically at one thing when it's really, it's a combination of, of five, six different things um, that are, that are just right. Continuing over and over again. Yeah. Cal, we, we see you, but I'll be perfectly blunt and honest and I'll turn into the guy that people don't like here at TTNL when I'm perfectly blunt. When you act like an asshole and you repeat the same thing 175 times in the chat room to try to get noticed, we're going to intentionally not pay any attention to you because you look like a dick. So <clears throat> I don't know how any better I can say that to you. If you want to get in, contribute, talk about some good football stuff and trying to be an asshole, then we'll put your chat up. But until then, you'll fade it. You'll fade to black, like you just said in all the other chats. Don't be a dick. We can talk football and have fun. There you go. Yeah, and I mean that. I mean that's really it. I think again, I, 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 I've, I'm not building my statue uh, to Tyson Bagent just yet outside of Soldier Field. But um, you know, I think there's some exciting. Things, things there to build on cars and this is my point back on draft day you see one thing with a kid or two things as a quarterback especially that you're like wow that's something that i can work with and again the bears have not done it i mean when I, when I watched tyson you could just see you knew that there was something there to work with the kid has thrown a ton of passes he's played a ton of ball it wasn't at a high level but that's that's not a he got D1 offers from big-time schools for a reason, but he stayed committed to Shepard, and that's a testament to the kid. But the Bears luckily got him as a UDFA. Nobody's crowning him like Carr said. We're not building a statue. If you get a backup quarterback out of this as a UDFA, fantastic. If you get a spot starter fantastic if he becomes brock purdy let's fucking go we'll it's, see and and i think that's the thing and there are little things you know like darnell mooney saw the most targets he's seen all season since week one right like darnell mooney again the yards per catch weren't big numbers but he was we've been saying where is darnell mooney why is he not more involved in these things look who showed up um look look at Tyler Scott showed up. 
We saw the first pass attempt to Mercedes Lewis, it feels like. These things, you know, sometimes when a lot of players are disappearing or aren't showing uh, what it is, it's a weird, it's a weird moment. And so, again, if you see, if you see Darnell Mooney have another five, six, seven, eight target game, and you see DJ Moore continue to be involved early, and you see a guy who's getting through his progressions and making these things happen, if he stays in the pocket and trusts his protection just a little bit more, those things start to to build, and. Like it or not, if Bajent goes out and has a great game and Fields comes back a week later and struggles. Oh, his leash is going to be real it, short. Well, it's short anyway right now, Carl. Oh, yeah. It's it just is. It just is. And that's that's where we're at. You know, we wanted to have this season be the season where the questions were were all answered. And maybe they'll get there. I don't have confidence that they're going to get there and have the questions answered because I think that there's so many different ways that are all pointing the wrong direction for these things to get answered. And unfortunately, the worst possible thing that could have happened was Justin getting hurt. And Justin doesn't have anybody to blame but himself on the play where he got hurt. It's 100% on Justin Fields. He well, had yeah. DJ was wide open cars on that curl route quick. And what did they say? Adam Hogue was what they say 11 times during that play. He was screaming, throw it. Yeah. Um, Tom, and it was Tom <laughs> there live on the radio broadcast was screaming at the top of his lungs. Throw it, throw it. I was doing the same thing here. 6.9 is going to get you killed. You can't do it. You just can't. And it just shows that there is something happening in his head. And it was what, listen, what made Ohio State such a great offense when he was there was if nothing's open, you wait another second and you can make it happen. Because that offensive line, nobody was getting through. You had three first rounders all at, you know, at wide receiver position, cornerbacks in college are super tough to, to find. Nobody was going to be able to, to protect and, and, uh, and cover up Garrett Wilson, Olave. And when he was healthy, Smith and Jigba for that long. The problem has been was the game has sped up as that has happened he is still that same guy. He's yeah. still going to hold on to that ball and hope that's something that delivers. The difference is he seems to be locking on to one guy in that thing. Instead of looking around the, the ball, you know, around the place and, and looking around, because if that was the case, he would have hit DJ Moore in that pass play. I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. And it starts to beg the question, is he right. is he done here? And I think you know we're not there yet, but I think trending we're, that way. We're trending that way. To be honest, and uh, Joe, I'm glad you put that up there about about there. And I he shouldn't be embarrassed about saying that because that is an awesome that is an honest raw emotion that 99 percent of people that know 
anything about football, we're doing the same. I same sat thing. right here in my studio at home here watching the game with my son screaming the same thing. Get rid of it. Throw it. I mean, you were even out of the pocket. Just you're out of the tackle box, man. 6.9 cannot happen. And no, it is. You bad. saw the result. It's so Tom Thayer should not be embarrassed. I listen, I don't want these guys cookie cutter, and I understand they're employees of the Bears. No, man, that just that is an honest assessment. And that's what I from people that are covering the game, that's exactly what I want. That's when we call out people that are, are breaking things down when they don't want to be critical because they know that it's going to upset the masses. And that means you're not doing your job. Yeah. It's just, it's... listen, we all want the bears to win. When Justin Fields was drafted here, we were resoundingly excited. We want nothing but the best for the kid. But at some point reality hits you right in the fucking face. And are we going to be doing the same thing in a year, in two years? Ryan Poles, if he's brought back, and I think that they're going to bring him back, obviously, has his ducks in a row to make a move. And if you're talking about trending with Justin Fields, it's trending that he'll be moving away from Chicago the way that the draft is set up, it's trending that the Bears are going to be in a very favorable spot with those two picks. An insane spot. But if I think... It, if I, it ended today, Cars were drafted number one and number three. But I, the thing is, is I don't think it's going to end that way for us. Because oh, no, no, I, no, I, yeah, I cause, agree. Because yeah. you look going through, you, you know, I think we've got a winnable game this week. I think we have a winnable game, even though I don't like the 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 defense matchup. I don't really believe in, in Carr and the Saints, you know, and then you've got Carolina. I, I, I It's not necessarily outside of the realm here of a, a still of like a six, seven win season. But... And, and again, the, the best case scenario for that is you're that you're playing that well because your defense is carrying you and your offense is starting to click. It does get a little dicey after that when you get to Detroit, Minnesota, then you're by Detroit, Cleveland, but then you go Arizona, Atlanta, Green Bay, and and Green Bay is imploding massively. Um, there's there's still that room, and. As a Bears team, you know, the way I the way that I always look at it is the Carolina pick right now is playing with house money. If you're if you've you know you're at Vegas right now, you're not betting your own money. You're playing money that you have earned somewhere else. So go make sure your other guys are developing, make sure your other guys are performing. Again, look at the game that Darnell Wright put out last week. One armed. Look at the way that DJ Moore played, the way that Foreman came out, which I think, again, is another indictment of the staff is how powerfully. That's a massive indictment, Cars. Oh, and it, it bubbled. And listen, this may be minor in the grand scheme of things. It bubbled over into the friggin' post game. Oh, yeah. handing out game balls. They essentially cast him off, and he's like, they're breaking down the. Oh wait, 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 wait! We got one more, and oh yeah, here's Deontay Foreman. 
after a three touchdown game. It just it that pissed me off. Oh, it really was, did. Where would you have been Sunday without that guy? We would have been dead to rights. But you look at the way this team is going. Gordon is stepping up. Tyreek Stevenson has played significantly better the last few weeks. Brisker has showed up. Everybody sits down and complains about uh, about Edmonds. But guess what? In this defense, Shane, what position is the playmaking position and linebacker in this division? In this position? In this the defense, will. The, will. the will, which is where they have Edwards. What are they asking Edmonds to do? Cover a whole lot of ground. They're asking him to take away the middle of the field. That is why those things are not happening in the middle. That's partially why yards per attempt for opposing defenses are so low. Who's got two of the four interceptions? It's Edmonds, right? Like these are plays to be happened. But when you're talking about Dexter is stepping up, Pickens is stepping up, Darnell Wright is playing really well, Tevin Jenkins is coming along well. Hey, Lucas Patrick has been playing pretty good at center i'm not gonna say great he played been... his best game i think as a bear this past week cars absolutely and, and a, another guy that played better than i was expecting was cody whitehair yes he cody. did i gotta give him his props and i was extremely critical about the bears moving tevin once again if he can stay healthy man i look at that i look at that right but unfortunately, he's when Nate Davis comes back, they're gonna put they're gonna put Nate Davis back there. Well, I mean, it's he's probably gonna be out for a while with a high ankle sprain and and that size. But you think about that if they can stay healthy, you think about that right side with Tevin and with Darnell Wright. And I mean, Cars, there is not a lot of players that are gonna go out there against Max Crosby with one arm, and then he he's not. He's out there in a limited fashion even today at practice. Yeah. And this is a 21-year-old kid that got a lot of guaranteed money. Those are the things that you learn when you're in the draft process. You try to learn about the kid's heart. You try to learn about the kid's want to. Jalen Carter going out there and playing with one arm? No. No. Could they even get Jalen Carter to practice every day at Georgia? No. And could any would any coach just say positive things about and him? Guess no. what matters? Just like Justin Fields' story has not been written for his entire NFL career, Jalen Carter's has not been written yet either. There's a long way to go for right now. It looks very, very good for Philly. I understand that, but we're in such a reactionary society that oh Khalil Mack is back he's the best pass rusher in the NFL you know let's just pump the brakes just a little bit sit back and see how things play out I would still draft Darnell Wright yeah just oh, like 100 and the only reason I have this comment up dude the the Raiders were 11th in defense they've yeah. given up 30 just let me address this asshole oh, real Lord. quick so sanders i am not trying to make a dumbass point because if you know your ass from your elbow and listen to any of us here we broke down and were very upfront with all of our issues with jalen carter from jump street 
So I know that you're trying to be a badass in the chat and all of this and think that you're really, really witty. That's fine. You don't know shit about TTNL. You don't know what we do here. And that's just what it is. I'm not saying anything about Jalen Carter that the other teams in the NFL passed on him the same way. He went to a kick-ass situation for Jalen Carter. His story has not been written yet. That's all I'm saying. So I'm not trying to make a point what shit a, on the kid. What a what a brilliant statement. Wow. Still not top 10. Thanks. They've given up 30 points of offense to two teams, and it's us and the Buffalo Bills. That's it. So, yeah, I guess that's that doesn't mean a whole lot, but 11th is not in the top 10. I'm glad to see Common Core math is working out very well for, for everyone. So, anyway... <coughs> It's it's ridiculous and and we'll get through it. But I think, you know, overall, I think we see where this is going. It's going to be interesting to see where this team is, because if you're getting where you are because the youth of the team is actually making the plays, it's the youth that is standing out. It's not the older veterans. Um, It really does show that the arrow is if you get um, if you get uh, if you get some more talent, we'll we'll get through it. And I think that that just means. So much more. And that's it. There you go, man. It's we're almost a an hour and thirty in here. But so we went through it last night, cars. I picked trying to think of the score that I picked. I think it was 28-20 Chargers was my pick for Sunday night football. What what say you? Um, I am actually going to go, uh, with the bears winning 24, 17. Um, I kind of feel like the, the chargers team is on the brink here of being a lost season in the way that they believe or don't believe in, in Brandon Staley, you know, that the, they're a terrible screen team. They're not a good defense. The offense is not you know, again, you look at the last kind of couple of weeks here, they have been really not lighting it up. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put a little bit more, more into the bears. So this means most likely that the chargers will win because every time I start to get overly confident, uh, we get killed. So yeah. that's the way it goes. This is a good question. And I think, I think if they activated him today, correct, they put him in his 21 day window. If if they put him out there, I probably I don't think that they will cars, but let's just say they did. I think it would be the same type of deal that they did with Jenkins. Yeah. Where they might put him out there for a handful of snaps just to get his feet wet. And that could be a big ask, you know, at left tackle, but we'll see how that happens. But I wouldn't be shocked if they give him give him another week. You know, next can be. I think they'll give it, they'll want him with Cameron Jordan coming on. You know, I think that's going to be a big focus for them. Um, But I think, again, you know, if I think the offensive line is playing better now, um, I can't wait to see it. If you go left to right, you know, Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, Nate Davis, Darnell Wright, like that, that feels like a, that's a line that you, that you win with. Um, and can really dominate the line of scrimmage. And again, I think as a as a against a a Chargers team uh, that is 
32nd uh, against the pass, which is the only reason that their their rushing numbers look so good. Um, I think this is a team that you can kind of just gash all over the place and really, again, very similar to kind of the Oakland game. You can control the time of possession. You can make things happen and kind of keep that offense off the right. field. And I think that really turns um, turns the tide for us. So I got a couple comments here before we finish off with the Super Chats. Ben Ricketts, our guy, says, Cars, I know you talked about Chase Young before and had your opinion on the injury-prone defensive end, but do you think polls will pull the trigger on a Chase Young or a Montez Sweat? Yes. I I think because Washington... I don't see how you can't. Well, and I think it's twofold. I think Washington has finally realized their mistakes, right? That that Sam Howell isn't that, that they haven't focused on the offense, that there's no way, shape, or form that they should sign both of those players and keep a $100 million defensive line, starting defensive line. It doesn't make sense. Um, I did find it interesting today that the reports were that they're more inclined to keep Chase Young, which I think makes a whole lot of sense because of his his ceiling. And I would he's be... 20, there's... Sweat is what twenty seven, and Young is still only twenty four years old. Correct. Yes, correct. So I think, yeah, if if you have that move, um, and it's a day two pick, yeah, you're 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 probably making that that trade, no questions asked. All right. So thank you, Ben. Uh, Russell Webster. Um, I hate to say it, but Chris Sims' evaluation on Fields was right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go there, saying that that. I mean, he had him below Kellen Mond. But he did have a lot of these concerns that are showing right now, which is concerning that we have to to give Chris Sims some credit. Yep. So there's that. So we're going to dive into these. Our guy, Kerry Franklin. TTNL has made some good points on why to fire the staff. Shane has made the point. Wait till the Bears beat a good quarterback. I know a lot of fans want a new head coach at Harbaugh. This staff is learning how to win, and they deserve some more time. Well, I think at this point you're gonna they're gonna obviously get the season carry, but like I said, it goes beyond. The, they're just making miscues, like simple miscues that there's no way that Deontay Foreman should just be getting involved into your game plan and your. It shows an offensive staff issue. It yeah, shows you've time. got big time issues on your offensive staff. So you've got to be willing to make changes. And, and it goes back to the the lackadaisical dropbacks. Yes. How much of a coaching issue is that each and every day with Justin? It's obviously an issue. It's an issue on tape. Schmitz put the stop clock on it and showed you cars double down on it tonight and showed you. It's a Justin issue, but it's a 100% a coaching, to Carr's point, offensive coaching issue. And this is on Eberflus's watch because he's the head coach. Ryan Poles is a part of it too. He hired this guy. So I get it. I just I'm I'm at the end of my rope with the the staff and where I think this is headed. I I don't want them around uh completely agreed. Another quarterback. Uh, guy Bill Wagner, that Joker slide in the background is very appropriate given the slides content. Can't wait to move off of Getsy the Monday after week 17. Hey, we will be here live on a pop-up show breaking all of that down. And I think that the Bears 
off-season, you know, post-season presser when the season is over is going to be very, very telling. This is going to be the first one with Kevin Warren on the clock. Um, will he make an appearance? You know, he he may not. We'll see. This may be Ryan Pohl's show out there. We'll see how that is. Before, you've seen George McCaskey out there. You've seen Ted Phillips. It's going to be interesting to see the structure and the way that that is. So we got a few weeks to wait on that. But um, thank you, Bill. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Frank, love you guys. Love, you, love too, you buddy. Maybe. Even though, even though you started the show late and were questioning us. Kidding. I love you. Jake, uh, if Justin comes back and looks bad against New Orleans, you think they put Badgen in? I think Justin's leash is going to be not long. It's going to be very short if they feel that. Listen, if this is a staff that's in trouble and they feel that Tyson Bajent gives them the best chance to win, if that is their analysis, that's where they're going to go. Plain and simple to me. So we'll we'll see. But Cars brings up a great point. Is New Orleans really the best team to come back against? You know, with a very stout defense? Probably not. I've maintained I think it's going to end up being Carolina, but again, we'll we'll see what happens. Thank pressure, you. pressure. If AB plays well, pressure ramps up, and so it gets very interesting. Uh Carrie Frank Franklin chimes back in again. As Shane has said, in the end, I want the Bears to win. In my opinion, I think the staff could make it happen. I'm not on the cocaine train that carries on i'm kidding by saying that but yeah i just i i don't see it carry with the staff i just to me if you if you can sit here and point out the warts with justin fields and say that there's some major major concerns i have major major concerns about this coaching staff it still goes back to me forward. you know the alan williams thing and that Big they time. they sent out who was it, Tyreek Stevenson, to talk without actually giving him any of the information and something that they've never addressed. There is a backbone that seems to be missing from this coaching staff uh, that is a a very big concern. Do I think that they can win more? Yes, because I think you're seeing that defense, but the fact that the offense has been such a, a shit show and the play calling and the inconsistencies and you know, who's active and who's not and who is getting moved around on the offensive line and where all these folks line up. It's really, it, it, again, both of these things can be true. The defensive side of the ball can be well set and be set for growth while the offensive side is still massively holding them back. And if they don't care to acknowledge anything that's going wrong, I do think it's a problem. Yeah, I don't have the exact date. May, I'm probably, May, May 2nd. Of- yeah, it's like May of 2024. So it would have to be before, you know, the the off season, the OTAs of heading into year four. Yes. For just yeah. so, so they've got because that's that's the whole reason that it pushed the Packers to do the Jordan Love thing is before they could get there, they didn't want it to explode and then cost them, you know, 40 million as opposed to 15. Right. Um, which is looking like a really good business decision by them right now. Yeah, absolutely. But beyond that, man, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, this brings to a conclusion our our string of shows here on TTNL Network, starting with BHL that went live right after the 
the Raiders game. Uh, Monday night is the Super 16 pole show with Chris Sorich. Tuesday night, we have a twofer with another Bears show live with Ivan Vargas, followed up by Keeping It Fantasy with Mr. Vargas once again and Christopher Jackal. Jackal back on the men. I think he was a little bit under the weather and stuff like that. Keeping It 100 last night live with Bears running back Darrington Evans, who's going to be a factor, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. He, I think, 100 cars. If, if I have to make a decision on a running back right now, Evans is on and included in my depth chart over Homer. Even I under I understand. I, I'm done with the Travis Homer thing. I understand that he's a wonderful special teams player, but the fact yeah. that he was your third running back and we saw what happened when they just simply tried to pitch mm -hmm. him the ball. I don't know what he offers you anywhere else. We cannot keep him, Valus Jones, and other one-trick ponies on the active roster day-to-day. Totally agree. And if you go back and I talked to Darren about this or Darrington about this privately, man, you go back to some of those runs. He had three chunk plays called back. And if you add those to what he was production wise, he's just about at a hundred yards rushing for the day. And yeah. And, and was explosive all over the place. Yep. The, you know, the hard part is coming back, you know, um, I, I expect Roshan will be active this week. I'm going to be really interested to see the way they split carries because it should not come at the expense of Foreman. No, well, he can't, Cars. He's, he's, he he's is so your, different. He's your horse. He's yeah. your lead dog. And everybody beyond that is going to be the relief pitcher, the change of pace guy. I totally agree. We set it to start the season, and that's – not a shot at Khalil Herbert or anybody else. Deontay Foreman is the guy that should be out there setting the tone, RB1, and then you work off of him from there. So I I totally agree, man. So um, we will see you guys. It's going to be a, a late one um, Sunday night as we play the Chargers. Hopefully the Bears can pull out another win and not not a good place to pause but let's let's clip that hopefully the bears will oh, pull out yeah a win a win uh, a win yeah. <laughs> clip that one absolutely but just real quick a reminder if you are a ttnl network patron and if you're not head over to the tapeneverlies.com and sign up next wednesday on keeping it 100 we are having a live patron roundtable where we will be having patrons in and out to talk about the season to date we'll be talking about the the chargers game we will have the trade deadline in our rear view at that point so there's going to be tons to talk about tons to react to so if you are a ttnl network patron you will have the ability to come on reach out to me on twitter at wazram or uh, DM me on the patron app and we'll get you set up, ready to go and talk some football on Wednesday night. But beyond that, cars, I'll let you sign off any way you want to here, buddy. What do you got? Jesus Christ. That's all I have. Uh, that's it. That's it. And a great man once said, cars, I love balls. Well, I wasn't well expecting that, though, but yeah. We'll get out of here. Love you guys. We'll see you. Bears versus Chargers. Sunday Night Football. Let's go Bears. We're out of here.